Alrighty, everybody, we are getting started. Uh, thank you for coming. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Marianne Bolas. Um, I am the wife of Tony Bolas. I'm a parishioner here. I've been coming for a couple years. Uh, this is my second time coming, actually first time in this church, so to, in this physical space, so I'm very blessed to be here. Um, and my uh, preface is always have mercy on me. So uh, if I get anything wrong or please go, please feel free to uh, give your comments, but just ha have mercy on me. All right. So uh, I wanted to talk today about the dark night of the soul. It's a bit of a heavy topic, but I do think it's important to talk about um, because, you know, I know a lot of us have had serious hardships in the last three years, you know, something, a little something called the pandemic that we all went through that was apparently three years ago, but feels like we're still, um, you know, reeling from it. And the dark night of the soul is something that I personally went through. So I do feel like, uh, you know, out of all of the topics I could talk about, this is, I went through it once in my young life. And so I do, I think I have something to share in terms of my personal experience. So before I even talk about what the dark night of the soul is, first I'd like to talk about its history and why it's called the dark night of the soul. Dark Night of the Soul is a term coined by the Catholic saint, St. John of the Cross. He was a Carmelite monk who was friends with St. Teresa of Avila, and he was on a mission to reform the Catholic Church, because as you know, the Catholic Church was very corrupt in the 1500s. The punishment he got for, having, for uh, trying to reform the Catholic Church was that his own brethren, his, monk, his fellow monks and monastics, kidnapped him and put him in prison for nine months. So this is just a, a testimony of what happened to him. His prison cell, a stone room barely large enough for his body, had formerly been a latrine. His single robe rotted from his body in the fetid heat of the summer. And in winter, he shivered, shivered from the rag that remained. Several times a week, the brothers brought him out to be flogged while they enjoyed their midday meal, as most monks like to do during their day. Um, otherwise, he sat in darkness, tracking the stars through the single small window high up in the wall of his cell. So I could see why St. John of the Cross was on a mission to change uh, the, the, his Catholic community at the time, because, his, his, because of what his family was going through and what his community was, was doing to itself. But as you can imagine, prison in general is, if you've ever had anybody who's been to prison or a family member or a loved one, it is the closest thing to hell on earth. And this is an extreme version of hell on earth. So as you can imagine, he was utterly, um, in, he calls it oblivion. He was in utter despair, utter oblivion during these nine months. But during that suffering, he wrote a poem that has gone on to shape, honestly, the rest of the world called The Dark Night of the Soul. In it, he talks about the cost of the path towards the union of God. So as a monk, you devote your entire life to rigorous discipline. And what St. John got out of that rigorous discipline, trying to live God's, world, 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 uh, God's word, was abandonment. He felt like he was completely abandoned from God. I mean, think about it. You do the right thing your whole life, and you get paid for it by being in being prisoned and tortured by your own family members, your own church, your own monastic brethren. 
Um, so he felt like he no longer felt God's presence. But that rigorous discipline that he had set his whole life continued through the course of abandonment, which made him cry out to God even when he didn't feel him, and that led to purification. And so what St. John of the Cross says is this is the gospel paradox. The cross, death, leads to resurrection. Pain, when you are in extreme pain, it leads to grace and peace. Darkness leads to light, abandonment to possession, and denial of the self to union with God, with the ultimate self that one can realize. And so if you want to save your life, you must lose it. So that's a little bit about St. John of the Cross. But what exactly is a dark night of the soul? The dark night of a soul is basically a journey, and there has to be a catalyst at the beginning of it. Um, it's called a spiritual journey, uh, a painful time of spiritual awakening, even a spiritual depression, and a death of the self. It's basically uh, this really painful time that where you just feel absolutely lost, like the foundation of your life has been pulled. Something happened, and you no longer can get your bearings. The world that you thought you knew, the God that you thought you knew, is not what you thought. Your whole, your, and you're completely lost. You can't grasp onto reality anymore. And so that happened to me, um, and that happened to me in August 2015. But like I said, there has to be something that triggers a dark night of the soul. We are all going to go through dark nights of the soul, which I'll talk about. But anything can actually trigger this dark night. For me, it was actually a thought. Just a thought can trigger a dark night of the soul. I had to live my entire life leading up to that thought that just completely overturned everything that I thought. But that thought, just that thought, led me down a path where I was in the most spiritual existential pain I had ever been in. Uh, it could also be unmet expectations. So like I said, if you, let's say, you know, like the, this is an example I'd give to my like high school kids, uh, but I would just, I'll just give it anyways. Like you be a good Coptic kid, you do everything you're supposed to, and yet life doesn't turn out the way your parents told you it turned out. That could lead to a dark night of the soul. Um, and then the one that I see most common is a loss. And when I say loss, I mean death. So the death of a loved one, especially someone who was that, who what provided that sense of ground, ground, um, grounding that you have. So like, for example, a mother, a father, a spouse, a child, when those, when those people leave this earth, it will, um, unless you are so, so, so holy, um, it will almost always cause severe pain and existential crisis. And then it could be a difficulty. So like St. John of the Cross, he's a perfect example. He, was, he went through prison. That's the difficulty. Um, it could be, again, something as simple as struggling in school, or it could be a mental health difficulty even. So any kind of difficulty can trigger the dark night of the soul, which puts you on that journey. So there are some examples of dark nights um, in the Bible and in our own hi human history as well after the Bible. So David, most famous example, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I sat there in despair, my spirit draining away, my heart heavy like lead, my bones wasted away through my groaning. And so if I haven't apologized already, this is a bit of a heavy topic, but I do, there is a happy ending, so we'll, we'll talk about it. But David, as you can see, it's an example of feeling abandoned by God. He, God, he's even asking, why have you forsaken me? 
Uh, and then the Canaanite women, she is actually an example of physical, dark, like a dark night of the soul happening on earth. Um, when she, the woman that came from the region, she started shouting, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is tormented by a demon. Yet Jesus remained aloof. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The woman fell down on her knees begging, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it out to the dogs. Um, the I said in his words, where is the God of compassion? So God is abandoning her on earth. But the woman begged on, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs cat eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And so she does exactly what David does too, which is she's crying out to the Lord even when she feels abandoned. St. Moses the Strong is another example. So his dark night of the soul is ultimately, he was not Christian, but he went through a dark night of the soul that ultimately actually helped him find his way to Christ. In his most famous saying, you know, the one that my, you know, all the parents tell us when we're older, when he looks at the sun, uh, because that was what he thought was God at the time. And he said, if you are God, let me know. And you, the God whom I know not, lead me to you. And then probably the most famous example of a modern day dark night in the soul and someone who um, actually like people who, who scoff at the spiritual world will usually use her example to dismiss the spiritual world entirely is Mother Teresa. So I'm sure if many of you are familiar, if not, I'll just let you know. Mother Teresa, we all know who she is. But she suffered a lot in terms of spiritual pain. For many, many years, she could not feel God's presence. Even though she had sacrificed her entire life and her entire mission was in his name, she could not find, she could not feel God's presence. And so this is from her diary. In my heart, there is no faith, no love, no trust. There is so much pain, the pain of longing, the pain of not being wanted. I want God with all the powers of my soul. And there between us, there's a terrible sense of separation. So all four, they went through, these are points taken from the darkest, most painful times of their life. But if you notice, all four cried out to God anyways. Same with St. John of the Cross. And that is really a main theme of a Christian dark night of the soul. Because everybody, like I said, will go through a dark night of the soul. And not everybody will make it out of a dark night of the soul. That's a very important distinction. Dark nights can last years. They can be very short. Mine was, my first dark night was about a year long. Um, but if you are not, if you don't know that this is a spiritual journey that we all go on, you can fall into despair, utter despair. This is how people can fall into deep depressions. This is how people can end their life. This is how people be, can just become cynical. This is how people can leave the church. How many young people do we know went through a dark night, felt abandoned by God, and they thought, therefore, God does not exist. I do not feel God. Therefore, he does not exist. Therefore, this whole thing is a joke. I'm going to move on. And they live their lives in bitter cynicism for the rest of their lives. So not everybody can make it out of a dark night of the soul journey. But in the Christian dark night of the soul journey, you can make it out. And we'll talk about that in a bit. So what is the journey? So I, um, it's a mystical, mystical because it's something that happens in our spiritual hearts, not something that happens in our physical hearts. Depression, mental health depression is different from... Oh, sorry about that. Okay, let me do that again. 
social route, social hall. Sorry, guys, give it one minute. Yep, there we go, great. All right, what was I saying? Oh yeah, it's a mystical experience. So this is different from mental health depression or mental health anxiety. I'm not talking about something in the physical. I am talking about something in the existential, in the metaphysical, in the spiritual world. Um, but it is painful. You feel it physically. It can translate into physical pain. It can translate into mental health pain. But it is the journey that we must go through to let go of this world and enter fully into the heavenly reality. And like I said, it is a process you will probably go through if it is God's will for you that you will go through many times in your lifetime. Like I said, I'm only 30 and I got it once. I went through it once. I'm talking like this is a disease. It's not a disease. But I went through this journey once. Um, I don't know how. I'm sure there's many times that I am going to go through this journey. But it is a, almost like a cycle, a continuous improvement that you will be going through, a continuous fire, if you will, like Daniel going through the fire, that you will go through to be cleansed and purified and closer to God. Um, and the various phenomenon, like all the ways that you came to understand God's love just goes out the window and a new understanding, but a deeper understanding comes through. And same with your sense of reality, I would even argue, because God is reality. Your entire sense of reality is different. Um, and you have a sense of abandonment from God. Um, and then, so like even me, when I say your sense of reality, like when I think in my mind who I was before, my, before I went through my dark night of the soul and who I am now are two completely different people. The Mary Ann from before would have no, she, I wonder sometimes if she was even a person because she was just so not thought, I didn't think. When I say think, I don't mean think in my brain again because I was smart, I was in college, and I thought that was all there, I thought that was the height of intelligence. I didn't think about God, I didn't think about reality, I didn't think about existence, um, and I didn't feel God's presence. Uh, he was there. That was his grace. But that dark night of the soul, I felt like he was gone. And that forced, I was faced with the choice. I can say, okay, that's it. I'm leaving and that's done. Or I can fight my way towards him. And luckily I had my husband with me who really helped, my mentor who really helped me fight towards God. Um, and the grace I felt afterwards was so deep. Um, and like I said, the person who I am now is so different because of the journey that I was forced to go on, that I was, the choice that I was forced to make. And that's the other thing, it's not a choice. Um, my favorite example, dark nights of the soul are in stories everywhere. Favorite example, Frodo, the um, um, and the journey of the ring. He did not want to go throw the ring into into Mordor, right? He was forced to go on it, and that and that's why it is an an uh, analogy for the spiritual life. We don't want these things. I would love to just have an easy, peaceful life, no worries, no fear, no like. I would love to have heaven on earth without trying, without even trying. That's the dream, but that's not reality. The reality is you're forced to go on these things. But why is it so painful? So St. John of the Cross says that we must go through the dark night because the, the journey of the dark night is the act of letting go. Uh, because when you die, that's the ultimate letting go. Whether you're ready or not, you're going to let go, right? Um, but letting go, oh, you know what, sorry. 
I didn't, I wasn't presenting it. But letting go is very, very painful because letting go literally means loss. Loss is one of the most innate human fears. Loss and loss is really directed to death. So it's a fear of death. So that's why there's that paradox. Because when we don't want to let go, because it feels like dying. But when we die to the world, we gain Christ. And that's why there's that paradox. Uh, but that act of letting go, when there's death, there's grief. It's a very painful feeling. And the ho- deeper you hold on to your earthly life, the deeper the sense of loss will be. And the deeper the sense of loss, the deeper the sense of fear. The deeper the sense of fear, the deeper the sense of grief. So that's why it's a painful journey. It's not because God designed it for us like some trials, like, you know, you, if, you, if you do this, you get an F, you do this, you get a C. It's not that. It's just the nature of reality. To let go of the earth is an inherently painful thing, but it is something that is ultimately beneficial to who we are as true people. So I brought this in, um, this was not from like an orthodox um, like father, but I brought this in because this is what I learned when I was like in therapy and with my father of confession and learning about this. It's the cycle of transitions because when you go through a dark night of the soul, it is a transition. So first is death. That's the trigger that we talked about, the catalyst. Like when someone you love dies, you die too. The who you were when that person was on this earth is no longer who you are now because this person is no longer on this earth. Um, And that, again, is a very painful thing. Death is painful. But um, after death comes a period of grief, also known as the liminal phase. The liminal phase is when you are not who you were, but you are also not who you are meant to be. That is really, that benchmark is really what the dark night of the soul is. And so, like some examples, so St. John of the Cross, he's an example. He was a Carmelite monk who was a reformer before prison, and who he was after prison was a completely different person, a completely changed person. But those, those nine months that he was in prison were utter hell, but, and he was nothing. He was neither him before or him after. Another example um, of a woman, a woman pregnant, right? Before she was pregnant, she was um, not a mother, right? Which is something that is very integral to a person's identity. And after she gives birth, she is a mother. But pregnancy is known as one of the most famous liminal phases because you are not yet a mom and not yet, and you're no longer a single woman. Another famous example, Christina Aguilera, not yet a girl, not yet a woman, right? So she she was talking about the liminal phase of her life. She's somewhere in between. She's not the little girl anymore, but she's not a woman anymore. And then the most famous examples of all, butterflies. When you are a caterpillar, you are a caterpillar. When you are a butterfly, you are a butterfly. In between, you are a cocoon, and you are nothing. You are, you are neither a butterfly or a cocoon, uh, or, a, or a caterpillar. But that cocoon period is so important. The butterfly must go through that cocoon period for it to become a butterfly. It's not a comfortable time. It's a vulnerable time. Um, it's, a, it's a scary time because, you know, anything, any animal can come and eat it. But for the caterpillar to become a butterfly, it must go through this phase. But after this liminal phase comes rebirth. This is when you are made new. This is when you are now who you are meant to be, that God has designed you for. 
um, for that specific period in time. And that is when the grace comes in, the peace comes in, and the union, closer union with Christ comes in. That is when you become the mother. That is when you become a woman or a man. That is when you become the butterfly. And, you'll, and oftentimes what my therapist had told me when I went through my dark night of the soul, I didn't believe her. She said, you will look back and be thankful for the time that you went through. And I was like, no way, because this is so painful. But she was so right. She was a very spiritual woman, and she was so right because I am so thankful. I would not have had it any other way. So rebirth on the other side. First is acceptance, acceptance and embrace, embracing the fact that the reward that every human so deeply wants. We often talk about filling that God-shaped hole, that feeling that we so want, we accepted that it's not on this earth. We accept that it will not be attained on earth, it will, our reward is in heaven. But again, the paradox comes in because once you accept that God is the only way to fulfill that deep sense of yearning, that's where grace comes in. And grace are those fleeting moments that God grants you where you do feel that reward in heaven on earth. Um, and so on the other side is grace, like I said, discovery, closer discovery of God, light after the, after the dawn comes, after um, night comes morning. And then there's also more awareness of the noose. So I don't know who is here. I know you're here um, at my last talk, but the noose is that spiritual part of you that is aware of Christ. It's past the rational, past the physical, past the emotional. It's the spiritual knowing of God. When you go through a dark night of the soul, you gain, gain a greater sense of awareness of God is really what I'm saying. You start to feel God's presence. And like I said, it's a rebirth of the self. But this self is so much more different than your past self because this self is closer in synchrony um, with God. So if you ever go through a dark night of the soul, how do you go through it? So the fathers and mothers say three things. First, you endure. Um, and when I do not give up. Like I said, do not fall into despair. It's so easy to fall into permanent despair, but you, can, you must get up. Like St. John of the Cross said, um, rig his rigorous discipline that he set before enabled him to not give up during. Um, one of my favorite Japanese proverbs, fall down seven times, stand up eight. So every time, and my dad always says, never give up, never surrender. So that's my dad. But, um, so, but, it's, but uh, that's what it means to endure, do not give up. So, and then this is what uh, St. Paul said, suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then the next thing you can do is pray. This is, I think, where the most powerful prayers come in, is when you are in the deepest, darkest pits of your, of your life. Um, and I'm sure we've all experienced this. That is what, and that is what say, Mother Teresa did. That is what say, um, Moses did. That is what the Canaanite women did. And that is what St. David did. During periods of these temptations, this is what St. Um, Isaac the Syrian said. He was saying this to his monks who were going through their dark nights. Um, when someone is darkened, he ought to fall on his face in prayer and not rise up until power come to him from heaven and a light which will support his heart in a faith that has no doubts. 
So it's kind of the same thing. Pray, pray, pray until what you desire, what you seek from God is granted to you. That's really what he's saying. So endure in your prayer life. And then strive. When I say strive, it's a kind of a synonym of endure, but I mean it somewhat differently. What I mean is strive to understand. Don't, don't like I said, when you fall into despair and you give up, that is when um, the devil wins. But when you strive and you and you try, you look at it with a with a perception of curiosity and you want to learn and you want to heal that is what i mean by strive so like i'm i'm really proud of the way that you know i was god like uh, gave me the grace to go through it but i got help from all sides like i said i went through the mental health side and i went through the spiritual side so i strove and i went and i read a lot and i you know listened a lot so i try I, and i talked to my elders who are who have gone through much, much worse things than I ever have, who have gone through these dark nights and have, you know, they are just so much more. I'm a spiritual baby, they're elders, so um, so strive to learn. And then um, this is also from Romans. I think it really perfectly captures what I'm trying to say. Also St. Paul. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should also walk in the newness of life. So that's why St. John of the Cross is called St. John of the Cross, because he went through the crucifixion journey with Jesus. He carried his cross the same way that Jesus carried his cross, or in, in, in trying to emulate Jesus ca- carrying his cross, I should say. And so that's what we are called to do, too. We are baptized in death. We are made new in death. And when we die to the world, we walk in a new life, in a new in a new awareness of the self and the God and God in us. Okay, and then this is where I'm gonna. So this is I couldn't find anything here that I couldn't find any orthodox backing. So this is my hypothesis. Um, the, so I'll just take it with a grain of salt. This is what orthodox fathers say is that everybody will go and Catholic fathers, everybody will go through one dark night in their life, at least one. That's death, physical death. Whether we are ready for it or not, we will all die. Um, If we are spiritually ready, it will be an experience. And if we are not spiritually ready, it will be a worse experience. My theory is that when you go through the dark night of the soul many times in your life, it echoes that rigorous discipline that St. John talks about. When you practice dying to the world many, many times, when physical death comes, you will already be so in union in Christ that it will not be as jarring as those who have never gone through a dark night in their soul, have no awareness of God when they pass away. This is my theory. Again, if you know of any church fathers who like say this and can back me up, Hanny, please let me know. Um, but that is my theory about um, the dark night of the soul and its the painful journey that leads you to the most beautiful sweetness love of Christ. Thank you. Any questions? Um, I did want to add something. You said something really important about when uh, King David said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
um, when Christ was on the cross and he repeats this, it's in remembrance of what he was saying. He was fulfilling that prophecy to remind us that we are gonna go through this, that it's the obstacle of life. And so this dark night of the soul, Christ was telling us, reminding us, this is what you're going to be doing. And so that's why people say, did Christ not believe that the God the Father wasn't with him? No, it was in remembrance of that prophecy from King David. That's beautiful, and I want to say I had a feeling that that's why, but I couldn't find sources to back me up, and I was like, I shouldn't say something about the cross, you know, and be like, I know what's going on, but <laughs> so thank you, Hanny. That's, that, 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 that's really good to know.